The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Tea with Publicity. I am your host, Alyssa Amoroso. I am sitting here on this fine Monday. This episode will go up tomorrow with Mackenzie, my producer. What's Hi. going on? Nothing much. So today's going to be um, a cool episode because I have Mackenzie here with me. I'm having an interview with Blake Hortzman from The Bachelor. And then I'm having one of my... Um, co-workers his name is Rudy join me for the Ask Alyssa segment and I wanted to just get like a male's perspective oh he's also joining me for the spill the tea segment because he sits across from me and we just talk about pop culture like he could not get over the Meghan Markle interview (laughs) he kept like poking his head from like above the desk and being like well well, what do you think about this? And then 10 minutes would go by. And then five minutes later, he's like, you know, I just really can't stop thinking about. I love I love when men do that. Like yeah. they get so excited about things you wouldn't think they were excited about. Yeah. And he was just asking me a question about Blue Ivy, Beyonce's daughter. Oh and I was like, could we save this for the podcast? Yeah, like, yeah. could you please come on? Um, and he doesn't know this, but he's like one of my only work friends because he sits across from me. So he's just the only person that I talk to yeah. all day. <laughs> um, so... He'll be joining me for that. I also think it's going to be funny to get a guy's perspective, I think, for the Ask Alyssa segment moving forward. Um, I'm going to try to kind of bring people on, kind of like what I did with Kelly Keegs, and this time I'm bringing Rudy. I think it's cool to get more than just one person's perspective because, obviously, my opinion isn't, like, the end-all be-all. But anyway, if you are here because of Blake, amazing I hope you stick around because um I have a lot of bachelor stuff that I want to talk about and normally I would put this into my spill the tea segment but since Rudy doesn't watch the bachelor I figured I'll just talk about it in the upfront because it kind of does go hand in hand with like the Blake stuff Mm -hmm. so first of all Blake's really cool because he just talks about mental health and I think there's like a lot of stigma around men not talking about mental health but I did want to talk about the fact that The Bachelor has two new hosts for next season mm-hmm. do you watch The Bachelor yes yeah I love it okay so you know so they announced that Tasha and Caitlin will be hosting the next season of The Bachelor which I think is filming this upcoming week my initial thought I agree it would have been probably like a little weird if Chris Harrison came back so soon because of everything that happened so I'm totally fine with like new new host Mm -hmm. my only thing is like I feel like why couldn't you have just picked one person yeah two feels like a weird dynamic Mm -hmm. to me yeah it it, yeah I was I was a little confused when they were like oh it's both of them yeah I'm very excited that it's both of them but like I like like big fans of both of them think they're both incredible women Mm -hmm. I'm confused over the dynamic more so like you know and Chris at the end is this is the final rose or when he's um even the limo entrances when he's introducing people picturing two people doing that I can't work out the dynamic in my head right like how will they will they switch off every other episode or like is are they both just gonna stand there or maybe they just want to do like a whole new format like maybe just like completely like start a new thing that's kind of what I'm thinking and also, um, what I'm confused about as well is 
I feel like they keep saying, oh, we're just here to be mentors. They're not saying that they're hosting. And I think that's probably strategic because um, I'm sure it's coming from the higher ups not wanting to say that Chris is completely fired because they do want to phase him back in right. is my guess. Yeah. But that it's would make weird because like they almost aren't celebrating the fact that they got this cool opportunity because it's at the expense of their friend Chris. Yeah. It, yeah. It is kind of a weird situation. Right? I feel like. Yeah. And then there's another rumor that um, it's going to be a bachelorette season, Bachelor in Paradise. And then another Bachelorette season. So I'm also kind of confused why they're just skipping The Bachelor. Right. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I didn't, I actually didn't hear that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on. I'm wondering if it's because there's more success with the bachelorettes, like their pickers aren't as off, and the show probably is like, we just need engagements at this point. Yeah, or I feel like maybe even too with all the drama this season, they're like, all right, let's face out all the bully mean girls. True, like and just the women. Bring in guy- I feel like guys are just entertainment because they're like, bro, what's up? Like, da da da, trying to like be yeah. funny. I guess I don't know. Wait, that's an interesting theory too. There's not as much drama, I guess, when it's the bachelorette season. Maybe no, that's a good theory because I was thinking because. Because of the women, a lot more of them end in engagements and the show is probably like, these men are so bad at picking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. That's so true. <laughs> women are so much more intuitive. <laughs> it never works out. Um, and then another thing that I heard was that someone DM me being like, JoJo's um, hosting Paradise. And I think I'm going to debunk that because I saw she's in Costa Rica. She's hosting a dating show. It is not Bachelor in Paradise. They're not currently filming for Bachelor in Paradise. So my guess is it's probably like a new Netflix or Hulu show or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because she's been there for a while too. Too, I feel like yeah so I don't think they would just randomly be like oh, okay you're already there wherever she is no totally I, I agree and also if you guys are watching on YouTube or a video you know I post clips by the way I'm wearing my good energy only um, hoodie today because it's a Monday and why not so and oh and also I'm drinking out of my self-care club tumbler which is launching very very soon you guys know I'm always sitting here with my matte black tumbler so I just wanted to point that out um, all my merch everything is linked in my bio oh another thing I should plug I'm kind of all over the place right now but I feel like a little hyped up on caffeine (laughs) guys I have a Facebook group for my podcast and it's something that I kind of was hesitant to promote in the beginning because I feel like sometimes those groups kind of get a little catty and drama and blah 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 I don't think we're those types of girls like the tea tribe are not those types of people we're fucking cool and down to earth and Um, just want to be helpful to one another so I am moving forward letting you guys know that that group is out there there's only about 500 people right now it's super small because like I said I haven't been promoting it so um, you could request access at the link in my bio just be sure to um, answer all the questions and I'll accept you and as the group grows maybe I'll have someone help me admin it or whatever it is but so far we're honestly just talking about pop culture I would love if people would write more intimate things about weight or dating or this or that you know whatever is on your mind I want it to be a safe space so feel free to join the tea tribe and join the Facebook group and we'll spill some tea we'll talk about boys you know all the girly shit okay into my personal life update because like I said I'm like high on life right now rambling on caffeine I had a coffee this morning and a big iced tea so oh wow (laughs) I'm off the chain yeah that would do it for me too (laughs) And then I also think I'm in a good mood because the weather's been nicer. 
Granted, yeah. it's like kind of shitty. It was today. cold today. I was so yeah. mad. <laughs> I was not expecting it when I walked outside. But don't you feel this like huge like mood shift when oh, it's yeah. nice? A hundred percent. Even if it's just sunny. If it's still cold, but it's sunny out. Same. And also with the time change, it's so much lighter. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, okay, I feel much better now. I was joking on Friday because everyone walked into the office or Thursday, whatever day was really nice. And everyone was like, Hello, good morning. Yeah. And I was like, everyone's way peppier than normal today yeah it's just the weather (laughs) yeah just the weather so I one of my favorite activities to do is walk along the water like the west side highway and then also city bike which like may take people as a surprise because city biking like isn't this glamorous thing but it is so fun in my opinion and it just like this is so corny it makes me feel like alive yeah like, the wind in my hair music in my headphones like yeah. cruising down like the highway I just feel feel like so alive and it also makes me feel like such a new yorker yeah yes no i totally agree with that and i um last week my sister's been in florida for six weeks like her and her husband were like we're getting out of here because of corona like they just got a rental and she needed me to go water her plants which like of course the second child i'm always freaking like the one getting stuck with the stupid chores (laughs) like the single one with the plants right yeah um you can do it yeah (laughs) yeah they're like you're around yeah (laughs) screw you (laughs) Um, that's another thing. My sister will always joke. She'll be like, yeah, like when we live in the suburbs, like you could just come live with us. I'm like, I'm not Rob Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> like, like stop calling me Rob. I'm not yeah. like, you know, when Rob used to live with Chloe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like living off of them. I'm like, who do you think I am? I have my own life. I yeah. get so offended, even <laughs> though she means nothing, but like she's being nice about right. it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, you want to come? And yeah. you're like, wait, no. I'm like, no, I want my own life. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so yeah, I'm like on plant duty. So I'm sitting there watering the, the stupid plants. And, like, meanwhile, my sister FaceTimes me. I'm, like, sitting on her couch. She's like, I thought you were just watering the plants. I'm, like, laying down. Like, I'm hanging out now. Yeah. And then on my way home, I decided to city bike. And as I was biking, I remembered something. Um, I teased this a little bit on my Instagram stories, if you guys follow me there. And it is that. I I remember this now from the last time it was warm, about six freaking months ago. When you're on the bike path in the city, wherever you guys live, like, I'm sure this is bike paths everywhere. It's active, fit, hot people, like running, Mm -hmm. biking. And here's the thing. You make eye contact with people coming towards you, but you're kind of like undressing them with your eyes like especially with your mask like all you see is eyes you're like I hate to say this but you're like eye fucking them Mm -hmm. and then the thing is you're passing so there's no right point of yeah you can't do anything there's nothing you can do and it's this like intense stare down the anticipation like leading up to each other and then you just pass yeah and you're just like oh damn that guy was so hot yep yep (laughs) and I was thinking about this and I was like the bike path has the most sexual tension in the world that is so true that happens to me when I'm like running and it's so funny too because then I'll like get home from my run and look in the mirror and be like all right well that's what I looked like that's probably why that guy didn't look back at me but yeah every time I see someone I'm like oh I wish I could have stopped him it's like Like, why are these people not in bars right yeah where are that with all the other ugly people are in the bars I'm with these losers in the bars and then I'm on the bike path and it's like every man's like the hottest man I've ever seen in my life yes no that yeah that happens to me every time oh my god so I just like feel like we need to talk about the tension on the running path more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then also it was nice out. So this past weekend, I finally saw my parents. I have not seen them in months because ever since I started coming into the office, like obviously they don't want to see me. I don't want to see them because I don't want to put them in danger, even though um, I'm, I get tested multiple times a week. Both of my parents now are vaccinated, which is why I saw them. And then also something I didn't talk about because it's just personal, but I also actually got vaccinated. And I was hesitant to say because everyone's so judgy, like, save it for the old people. I I'm, am autoimmune compromised, so I'm actually eligible. So I got the first vaccine and my parents, um, my dad got both and my mom got one. So we're like all like on our way to mm-hmm. the finish line at this point. Yeah. And it's been so many months of me not seeing them. And I was like, I need you guys to come in this weekend. Like none of my friends are around. Mm-hmm. I live alone. I'm, I'm lonely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So my parents came in this weekend, which was super nice. And we had the best time. <laughs> like I told them to meet me at my apartment. We walked um, to Brookfield's place. We got brunch outside at La District, this like really pretty restaurant on the water. And then we just like kept walking. I took them all along the city. And I was like, do you guys want to go get a drink? And they were like, yeah. (laughs) So we stopped. And the thing with Corona, which like these rules don't make sense. In New York City, you can't drink without eating. Yeah. But we had just ate. So we were like. The last thing I wanted to do was, like, eat. I was so full. Mm -hmm. So we just, like, ordered french fries so we were able to drink. Yeah, that's the go-to. Yeah, just, like, the $7 fries. Yeah, the cheapest thing. And... My mom, oh my God, guys, you I have to have her on the podcast because she's such a character. Like the OG T-Tribe members know because she came on my old podcast a few times. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, she's like insane. So my mom was like, I'm going to get a toasted almond, which is like a drink that she used to get in the 70s. That oh, like no I've one even knows. never heard of that. Yeah, no one knows. It's like Amaretto, Bailey's, and like cream. Like it's something like creamy and liqueur yeah so the guy was like well we don't have cream but we have irish cream so she's like that's fine so we're all just thinking irish cream is like milk yeah not realizing irish cream is liquor so basically she got like a long island iced tea because it was just (laughs) all three liquors oh my god not like any no cream or yeah non-alcoholic yeah like no club soda so she just ends up getting all three liquor in her drink and then he brings it out and she's like wow this is strong she's like can you bring me some more of the Irish cream. Oh my God. <laughs> so he brings her like a, a shot. Devil? He brings her literally a shot of more liquor. Right. And she pours it in and she's like, ah, whatever. Oh my and, gosh. And my mom doesn't drink. Like she's really not a big drinker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after one drink, she's wasted. Me and my dad have tears crying down her face because she's been so like anti touching anyone she's been so careful with corona and this is why they say like don't drink because you lose like all of your inhibitions yeah Yeah. oh she's like hugging me kissing me my arm i'm like mom stop she's like i miss you so much (laughs) and then she gets a second one oh my god and now by the second one her mask is on the floor (laughs) i'm like mom pick up your freaking mask right we just had so like we literally the three of us were laughing at until we cried. That's so funny. And we, it's funny because because we're so Italian too. We were saying people at like restaurants and stuff, they don't get our humor. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, or yeah. like, shut up. And the waiter's like, do they even like each other? And the waiter's like, someone's going to pull a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we're just screaming. Right. Like so loud FaceTiming my sister. Like screaming. Yeah. Oh, Everyone's gosh. looking at us. I was like, this is so embarrassing, but so fun. Yeah. So 
I had such a good weekend. So if you guys haven't seen your family, like do it from a distance, wear a mask, like just get drunk. Honestly, yeah. it really takes the edge off. <laughs> it really does. I know my parents are like my best friends. I always say, I'm like, right? yeah, I love hanging out with them. It's so cute. It was, like made me realize how much I really, really miss them. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then one more thing before we get into the interview with Blake. So I said something on my Instagram story about like having really big boobs. I did a Q&A and someone asked me um, like, is there any clothes that you feel like you can't wear? And I was like, um, yeah, anything in the summer that's backless or strappy because mm. when you have huge ass titties. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> like it's hard to wear certain things. Yeah. So I recently got some bras from Savage X Fenty and they are so comfortable. So I actually ended up ordering like an assortment because – you know, the big boobed girl in me wants the comfort, but then I also wanted something like kind of sexy or, you know, like hot. Mm -hmm. So I got, I wound up getting this really cute one with like these little flowers and it's see-through, but the one that I've been wearing every single day is the Savage X cotton jersey bralette. I'm actually wearing it right now in case anyone's interested. (laughs) And it's super comfortable. I like all of their bras that I ordered because the straps are fully adjustable and that's my hardest like issue with a bra because my like boobs are really high on my chest that sounds weird but they are they're not like low I never have enough room with the straps so anyway if you guys are interested I have a landing page on their website so you just need to go to um, savagex.com slash publicity publicity is obviously spelt the way of the pod if you get tripped up you could just reference back it's p-u-b-l-y-s-s-i-t-y so savagex.com slash publicity to shop my favorite savage x fenty looks there's also this really great promo so right now you can get two bras for 29 dollars plus 50 percent off everything else with your first vip order you'll also get free shipping on your first order you can get undies for as low as seven dollars bralettes for ten dollars bras for 15 sleepwear for 17 it's honestly the best deal for such high quality stuff I personally love, love, love this brand. And I like that they're super size inclusive. A lot of their models are curvier girls. It's not just like, you know, a twig with no boobs. Like it's actually real life girls. So anyway, go to savagex.com slash publicity to shop my favorite bras. Yeah. So I'm really loving those bras now that it's like nicer out. I feel like I'm going to be wearing different types of clothes. So I can't be wearing the same like grungy old shit that I've been wearing in quarantine for yep. a year. Yep. I, feel, I was literally saying this the other day. I feel like I lost like any sense of style that I had before because it's just like I've been wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts every single day. I have no clothes. And I know yeah. that it's hard for people to realize because I'm like a fashion influencer. Yeah. But the thing is... A lot of the clothes that I wore in photo shoots, and I'm going to have an influencer episode where I could break this down for you guys. It's not shit I wear in real life. It's it's fake. Right. Like, you know, for example, if I'm wearing a really inexpensive shirt dress from a brand, it might photograph well, but in person it's sheer. Yeah. So you can't actually wear that yeah. out in oh, public. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot that people don't talk about. So what maybe works well on Instagram or in fashion isn't necessarily something that I would feel comfortable like strutting around in because maybe I have it tied in the back or right. I have it fitted to my body like weird. clipped or something, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of my influencer clothes I can't even wear and I also haven't shopped in a year because... Mm-hmm. 
you don't need to you didn't no, need to yeah. exactly it's so it's just been weird so I'm like kind of um, that's why I'm also wearing a sweatshirt today I'm like I need to revamp my entire wardrobe yeah, right now that's how yeah that's how I feel too oh so annoying okay guys I'm going to hop into my interview with Blake he was lovely the first mail on tea with publicity then i'm going to jump into the ask Alyssa segment with rudy from my office and then we will spill the tea so stick around until the end okay guys i am here with blake and i'm super excited to chat with you blake because i just was kind of saying before we got started that you're super open about mental health and that's something that i like to talk about here so thank you for coming on yeah absolutely no i'm, I'm excited too thanks for having me be a fun, fun convo. Fun convo. I know. What? Have you always been such an open person? So, no. God, no. <laughs> not at all, actually. I was, uh, I kind of grew up, you know, I was one of those, those, I don't know, like uh, men who like rub dirt on it. You know, I was always that kind of guy. Yeah. Like, walk it off. You know, I was always like that toxic masculinity. Um, and really, honestly, the show, The Bachelorette is what kind of took that, you know, vulnerability out of me. kind of pried it out of me, if you will. Uh and now I can't do, now I can't go back now. Like once I've been vulnerable <laughs> once and like now that, now that, you know, the uh, valves are open and there's no, there's no turning back. So uh, the floodgates are open for sure. No, that makes sense because I feel like once you start being vulnerable, you don't know how to kind of reel it back in. Oh, totally. I'm the same my, way. I'm like yeah, an open book you? at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah, me too. I remember my friends that came home from the show and, you know, for three months, you know, I was on there for three months roughly and just spilling my guts, spilling my heart <laughs> out to like the producers, cameras. And I get home, you know, and I like want to have like serious combos with my friends. They're like, dude, stop. Knock it off. Like, <laughs> fucking quit it. Like, this is weird. You know? They're like, so we're trying kinda... to watch yeah. sports and you keep talking about your deepest, darkest emotions. Like, can we just yeah. watch the game, please? That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. You know, I'm like, sorry, I'm a new man now, you guys. You guys got to gonna have to change with me. Yeah. That's really funny. I feel like that's the one really good thing that comes out of this show. You People can't say that they're not changed because of it. Whether it's bad or good, I feel mm -hmm. like you're just – they crack you open and just no one's the same after. Yeah. No, I always say – everybody kind of asks me, you know, like – what's life like after what is, what is it and I always say we're all pretty fucked up like I'll be honest we're all pretty fucked up like we're all in therapy because like just living in the public eye in general is really hard when you're shot into it but also there's a lot I always say there's more pros and cons there's some cons but there's more pros and cons and one of them is being able to like not not only because we've all had emotions like men whether they admit it or not have had emotions and they like cry at like you know soldier coming home videos like yeah. we all cry but I think the difference is you you learn to I guess, like express those emotions in words and you can actually talk through what you're going through rather than just burying it deep down, you know? So I think that's one thing the show definitely does for men and women in general. Yeah. No, totally. And you're pretty vocal about your experience um, with kind of the way that you were um, portrayed on TV. And again, portrayed, you did some things, You whether mm. you did it all or didn't, you still were portrayed a certain way on television. You got like the villain edit we'll yeah. call it in bachelor yeah. in paradise and you've been pretty outspoken about that i feel like everyone in bachelor nation the second their contracts up <laughs> they yeah. like rip it up and they're like all right let's spill the tea let's like tell you Meantime. actually yeah it's like let's here's what actually happened so it's funny for me because i've been watching the show for a few for a while and i'm always like how do the viewers at home not realize the way things are getting manipulated or edited? To me, it's so obvious because if you've watched the show for a while or if you even listen to interviews or podcasts, like you kind of start to learn throughout the years, oh, okay, things mm -hmm. are manipulated a little. Mm -hmm. But 
it always shocks me how many people actually don't realize that. Um, They do just tune in every week and they don't maybe look at social media. Maybe they're older or whatever it may be. So uh, there's so much to get into. But for you, um, how was it feeling like super misrepresented? Yeah. And I think you kind of hit it on the head there a little bit. I guess a lot of like, actually, I think I saw somebody break it down the other day as far as like the viewers and the age. Half of the viewership, I think it was over 50% is 55 and up. So they don't necessarily get on social media. They don't necessarily listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, but luckily now a lot of people, like you just said, a lot of people are coming out and speaking on their edit. Um, and, you know, there's still a lot of people I can't wait to hear from. Uh, and I think that does help when people watch the show and they're like, okay, I kind of watch through a different lens now because a lot yeah. of people are speaking up. There's a lot of podcasts, there's social media, all that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, I was shocked with how, as well as you, like you said, I got shocked at how many people took exactly what they're watching. I thought it was just 100% real, the things I was saying, you know, and I always say when people ask me, like, is the show real? I always say, what you're seeing, like, if I'm crying, I'm crying. If I'm laughing, I'm laughing. You know, if I'm scared, I'm scared. Like, though, I'm not an actor, you know, like, I'm, yeah, those are yeah. real emotions. But the difference is they might be editing it. So I'm laughing at something else or I'm crying at something else. So that's where the editing, it's really most of the editing comes post show. Um, and so that's what I always say, like, you, you might see me crying, but I might be crying about something completely different than what they're showing yeah. me crying about, you know? And so I think people are starting to understand that. I think we're moving in the right direction that people understand now that this is very much, you know, an edited reality television show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was incredibly difficult for me when I was going, when I watched those first, cause I saw those first two episodes of paradise early. Um, I saw them like Saturday and they were airing Monday, Monday, Tuesday. I lost it. Like I was just like, no way. I was like, I'm burning this mother down. I was like, if you guys want to edit me like this, like they took words out of my mouth that I would say about Hannah G and made it. So I said about Tasha. they had me running away from Kaylin when I was just running to go to the bathroom. Um, I was actually pacing to go to the bathroom and they made it seem like I was pacing because Kaylin was there. Um, yeah, it was incredibly frustrating. I think it was 11 times I saw it where I was edited. I was edited words in my mouth, those first like three to four episodes. So yeah, it was incredibly frustrating and you feel helpless. You feel so helpless. They have all of the power. Um, and so it was really, really hard. Those first like four episodes are incredibly difficult for me. It's crazy. And you, there's something I've been thinking about a lot and I haven't vocalized it. So this is my first time articulating it. So I hope I say it right. But I, I've been thinking a lot lately about why the show just like isn't fun to watch anymore. And it's obviously because it's been so heavy with all of these, like even with the race stuff, but then mm-hmm. also the drama with the girls, like it's just been heavy period, like every topic. And I've been thinking like, it's just not fun. But then I watch like my favorite like temptation island or love island and it's so fun and i'm like what are they doing right and the bachelor's doing wrong Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about it actually earlier today and i was like it's because the bachelor's always led with this very pg um kind of show where it's like everyone is like into god everyone like is saving themselves you've had people that have never been kissed they've always led with such a pg image where i feel like what you did if that was on any other show it's like not that weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people hook up with people like yeah. i don't it's understand bizarre. no it was bizarre to watch a show that was built like this show was it was one of the first shows out there was built around casual dating like yeah. where you can date multiple people and casual sex you can have sex with multiple people and yet still the show that was built around that I was shunned for not like if I would have done that on camera, it would have been okay. But since I did it not on camera, it wasn't okay. So that was something that I just couldn't 
comprehend. And it wasn't like I played with hearts. Like I didn't, it was completely casual sex, you know? And so it was, I mean, and they, they wanted to make it seem like I was a monster, you know, and I, mm-hmm. like a sexual predator, you know, that was kind of my narrative. Um, those first few episodes for sure. Which is wild. And yeah. It was incredibly frustrating. Cause I, I felt like I said, I just felt powerless, like silence. Like, you know, they, they said that I silence came like I felt silence. Like I, you know, I, they had the complete power over the edit and I think you're right. They're trying, <laughs> they're trying to like, I don't know, evolve with the times. Cause you're right. Like yeah. back when the show started, it was way more PG, way more PG, you know? So like just it's on ABC. Television. That's yeah. why. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, but I think they're trying to kind of evolve, but I, I think the, the part that they're missing is like, especially these last few seasons is like dating can be fun. Like dating doesn't need to be this like dramatic, serious thing. Like it can be fun. And unfortunately we saw, I don't know if you saw the, the like edit or the dates they edited out, they cut out. Mm. Those dates seemed fun and it looks like the girls were having fun. I wish I would have showed more of those relationships between the contestants and more of Matt's personality rather than the drama and the nastiness with the well, girls. With each also other, like know? Matt seems fun and we're not seeing it. I'm like, what the heck? He seems like such a fun loving guy. He's always laughing. He's always joking. And I think my mom, my mom, you know, obviously watches. She's in that percentile of the people yeah. that just sees what she sees on TV and doesn't know anything else about it. And she was like, Matt's so serious. And I was like, Mom, I actually think he seems great. I'm like, they're just showing the serious stuff because it's either drama or heavy conversation. They don't show any fun. They Like, I think it's just getting too heavy and they need to kind of just get back to, like, the root of – it being fun Mm -hmm. it's completely been taken away yeah like make dating fun again you know especially right now we need that like the world is is so serious and dramatic right now and like with everything going on the last like year and a half it's like make dating and fun like i want to watch the show to escape not to get depressed or not to like get angry at these people bullying each other you know so i hope they work on it we'll see it's gotten really out of hand what do you think about I mean, you've experienced it on such a crazy level, just like online social media bullying or criticism, whatever you want to call it, trolling. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I don't even know where we go from here to like stop it because it is just so out of control. Mm -hmm. Do people reach out to you that are under scrutiny just being like, help me? Like, what do I do? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so what I went through, you know, I guess it was two years ago now almost. So two years ago, what I went through in paradise, like, you know, I got, it was a low, it was bad for me. I got in a dark place and it was really hard. Like I was getting death threats. Like my family was getting death threats. Like it was just out of, I was getting shit left in my door. Like it was out of control. Um, And, you know, it's a blessing in disguise in the long run though, because I've been able to kind of become that person. I've seen the top of the mountain. I've seen the bottom of the mountain, you know what I mean? So I've seen everything in between. So it's, it's come kind of a cool thing where I, I've been able to kind of be that person that people reach out to um, when they're going through it in bachelor nation. Um, and so in a weird way, I become like this wise old man. <laughs> I can kind of help them <laughs> through everything. So that's been a blessing. I had a lot of guys, you know, from Clarentatious season reach out with questions and just kind of how to deal with, life in the public eye and how quick your life can change and some of the girls too i've talked with quite a few girls um so that's been a blessing in disguise uh but you know nobody has like one everybody handles things differently and everybody goes through a unique experience so it's hard you know i'm just always saying like just just like keep the good ones close the real ones close who you had before the show and like i guess you know don't i always say like try to if you listen to the good things if you listen to all the compliments listen to all the praise then you have to listen to all the bad stuff 
and you have to yeah. listen to all the you know the horrible things said about you so like just don't listen to any of it just stay who you are don't mm-hmm. listen to any of it because if you listen to one thing then you have to listen to the other so that's interesting i was listening to something the other day i forget what it was and someone was saying and i thought this was true they were like when you're at your most popular you're receiving the most hate mm-hmm. and it's weird because it's like you're catapulted into this new life of all these followers. You're getting recognized, but you're also likely in the lowest place. And it's so weird because like the two don't go hand in hand That's at all. So true. Actually, that is such a good point. Cause yeah, I mean, we like, I've become a pro at kind of putting on a smile, you know, um, when I go out, when I could be, you know, absolutely low. like, I remember the day the producer called me, I was actually in Montreal at a music festival. And the day the producer called me, was like, you're fucked she was like the first two episodes are really really bad for you and i had a complete breakdown but yet i still had to put on a smile because i was at this music festival where everybody mm-hmm. was like asking for pictures and everything you know and so yeah we've become kind of pros at that um and it's hard to kind of like in a way you do lose yourself and not necessarily you lose yourself in like the praise like sometimes you can lose yourself in the hate and you can kind of yeah. start your like the insecurities you gain from coming off any show really or being in any kind of public eye is really really bad like it it can it can really affect you and like i said now i'm in therapy and that's the best thing i've ever done just because just to be able to talk through some things you know when you're having a bad day and just talk through some things so therapy has been a blessing for me and something i would have never considered i was like witchcraft you know like i never would have considered therapy before the show but now you know i love it so yeah that's really i mean i guess something's good comes out of it because yeah you're going to be like a better partner, a better father, you know, all of these things because you're just like more in touch with your emotions now. Yeah, absolutely. And like now, I, especially as a man, because there's so much stigma around like so men and therapy much. and all that. Yeah. So I've been able to help. It's pretty cool. I've been able to help like a lot of men be able to like, like when, when I talk about my experience, so many men have like reached out and been like, I mean, I felt that too. Like I had a close friend of mine who I had no idea was on medication for depression. I had no idea. And he was like, I was just scared to talk to anybody about it. Like, Mm. it was crazy. You know, it's like so many people out there can relate to what you're going through. And uh, it's, it's, it's something special when you can like, like I've had people reach out to me, like you saved my life. And I was like, that alone is enough. You know, like that alone is enough for what I went through. Yeah. So it's pretty cool feeling. So when you, after Bachelor in Paradise, you did, um, I've heard you say on other interviews that you did fall into a depression can you talk a little bit um, about what that period was like for you? Yeah, it was. So I, I am a pretty laid back guy and a jovial guy. Like if you have some of my friends, like I'm a pretty happy go lucky guy. And so it was such a sudden change for me. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Like I could not get out of bed for about two months. Um, I didn't get out of bed and it was, it was, I couldn't comprehend like why I, cause I'm a huge fitness guy too. Like I get up, I exercise, like I sweat once or twice a day. And every day I'd lay in bed and I'd be like, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go work out. And I couldn't do it. I get up in the morning, couldn't do it. Stayed in bed all day, ordered Postmates, you know, like that was it. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't figure out why. And it was, it was the first time I ever had or understood like real depression and anxiety. And now I have so much respect for people who live with that on a daily basis, who have like, you know, severe depression and it's yeah. hard for them to get out of bed every day. And they still do. Like, it's incredible to me that people can live like that and be brave enough and strong enough to get out of bed and to, you know, work through their anxiety. Like it's something that I did not know existed. Like I said, I grew up thinking that 
like anxiety was like throw some dirt on it you know or like have a drink and you'll be fine like one of those and now i know like what real severe depression is and i had my first panic first and only thank god panic attack when i released those text messages i was laying on my mom's deck breathing into a paper bag you know call, telling my mom to call an ambulance i didn't know what was happening to me you know so now it's just like i understand what they're going through and i it, they're incredibly brave and strong i can't imagine I asked someone this once before, and I'm, I'm curious to ask you because I feel like we all talk about anxiety. You know, we're like, you know, I have it, you have it, everyone freaking has it, mm-hmm. but no one ever talks about like what it feels like. So it's kind of a weird thing to put like a feeling to, but when you're feeling anxious, like what does it feel like to you? Yeah. So physically, like I get tight in the chest. I kind of start to like almost hyperventilate in a way, like kind of like my heart starts racing. Um, it feels like a huge adrenaline rush. And then I find myself like not being able to like, concentrate. I find my mind like wandering and usually wandering into bad places. And so that's what like an anxiety kind of feels like for me. And then what I'm really bad at, and like I said, it kind of affects everybody differently, but what I'm really bad at with anxiety is, is like picturing the worst. Like the worst possible oh, outcome yeah i'm like I'm so bad this is it yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then i sometimes i even like self-sabotage i think i just to prove that i'm right you know because like i hate that my gut is usually right and i hate that like that was it was so right with paradise like i i remember like everybody from paradise called me when i got home because we went like a good four to five weeks before the show actually aired and then was finished filming so like people were calling me and that's when i started to hear kind of some of the things caitlin was saying because i didn't know and like some of the things that were happening behind the scenes and i started to like panic and they were like don't worry. It's not going to be nearly as bad as you think. Like no way that actually put in no way the show would put in that you silenced her. That'd be so Meanwhile. Up. No way, no way. Then it was worse than I could have possibly imagined, you know? So it was just like this, like, like I felt like, Oh my God, look, I'm right again. So now every time my gut tells me something or my anxiety tells me something, it's like, fuck, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right, but I'm probably going to be right. And it's just like this downward spiral, like snowball effect of like, don't self-sabotage, don't self-sabotage. And now it's kind of crazy. No, it's so true. I agree because when I'm like very anxious, I think the worst too, I remember actually I asked my sister recently because I was anxious about something and I asked her, I'm like, am I being crazy about this? Because I can't rationalize if I'm just going to the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. or if I'm being crazy. And I like, I really wanted to know. And she was like, no, yeah, you're being crazy. And it turned (laughs) out like my gut was wrong because I couldn't, I couldn't rationalize if I was right or wrong, but like, you kind of know that maybe you're spiraling, but you're not really sure. Um, Yeah, so that's interesting, and I think it's great for you to talk about it because, like you said, a lot of men don't talk about this, Mm -hmm. and um, you've also kind of taken on this, like, leadership role. I feel like it's, like, you and Ben Higgins. You're, like, the go-to now. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. I agree because Ben actually helped me a ton. I'll never forget when I was at my lowest and, like, kind of what happened with – you know, with paradise and everything, like those first few episodes, he called me and he was like, I want you to know something. He's like, when you were at the top of the mountain, you were like the golden boy, you know, in Bachelor Nation. He's like, nobody could really relate to that. But he's like, now that you've hit rock bottom, he's like, everybody can relate to that. He's like, everybody hits a rock bottom. It just doesn't matter. It, you know, some people are deeper, like some people's rock bottom is deeper than others, but everybody's hit that rock bottom. And so everybody can relate to that. Nobody's hit that top of that mountain, but he's like, everybody can relate to what you're going through right now. And he's like, you've never been more relatable. And I was like, damn, that's so true. And he's like, you can use that. And so that's what I kind opened up and I was like you know I'm gonna talk about my experience I'm gonna talk about all that because people can relate to it no totally and you know what's funny I was just thinking as you were talking like you guys are kind of like the last of I don't know how to say this but like the people that are very public I feel like the last few seasons because of the pandemic they've kind of been chipped (laughs) like they didn't go on paradise right Mm -hmm. it's so weird there's no like new 
person to pave the way. No, it's super weird. And I, I think, I don't know what the hell has to do with the pandemic world, but like even the following count is like way down compared to like past seasons. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. Maybe Instagram, you know, people are moving to TikTok. I don't know. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think as far as like, they have been gypped. That's a good way to put it. They've been gypped. They didn't get the double exposure. Like yeah. you guys had Bachelor, then you had Paradise. Like these people, like there's so many people now that want to go on Paradise. It's like it's going to be a, the Hunger Games just to this get season. on. <laughs> I don't even yeah, just to get on. They should have like a show just to get on to Paradise. You have like yeah, a, the yeah, tryouts. Yeah, like a challenge, the challenge yeah. style just to get on to Paradise. Seriously, it's going to be crazy this year. Yeah, because I was thinking about that. I'm like, I feel like no one else has really like the podcasts. And all of the stuff kind of stops with, like, you're probably the last mm-hmm. um, season where people are doing these things. And I'm like, where is everyone else? Like, it, it, I just think they've really had a different experience. Yeah, I think it's been a very different experience. And, I mean, a lot changed in the show between – it start, Colton's season was – the first season with with kind of a new producer, the head producer. So a lot is kind I've of been yeah. Thinking about that, yeah, yeah, a lot has kind of changed with the way they produce the show, and I I don't know if that's maybe affected you know everything, but yeah, that's that was like one big change that I know happened. So do you know what's interesting? I've been thinking about that because I knew um, that Alon or whatever mm-hmm. his name is left, and I've been I'm like I wonder if all of this would happen if he was here because there's been so much shit. And mm-hmm. I'm just, it's just so interesting. Obviously, you can't put that all on one person, but it's just to see the franchise. I also think for me, I was, I made a TikTok and I got actually some hate, but I was like, I was like, guys, could we just compare Tasha's season to um, <laughs> Matt's season with the budget? I'm like, I'm sure The Bachelor <laughs> gets more budget anyway because it's a bigger franchise, like mm-hmm. higher ratings. I'm like, but she literally had a cardboard car and Matt just rolls up in like a Range Rover, Porsche, whatever. I, know. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it is funny to see the difference. N- is it Nemecolon? I can't ever say it right. Nemecolon. Nemecolon is amazing. That is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Like, I couldn't believe it, how gorgeous it is. And then they're in La Quinta where it's like 120 degrees every day down there for Tasha season. And I, yeah, I was just just feel bad but i mean it worked out for them though maybe that's what we need less flash more I like know. you know real dates and real life situations because i know that is interesting incredible yeah i also made fun of the nemecolon before i saw how nice it was because i was like why would they pick pennsylvania i'm originally from new jersey i've lived in new york now oh. for like eight years but i'm like pennsylvania is like not great <laughs> like, <laughs> and i'm like why the hell would they pick pennsylvania not somewhere warm or somewhere like completely cold climate but now after i see the resort i'm like yeah, okay, like I'll eat my words. That, like, yeah. first scene where they opened up and Chris was standing in front of the the hotel or whatever. It was. I was like, holy shit! I was like, that's <laughs> yeah. incredible. I was like, that's that's insane. Yeah. No, I agree. I I think that um, it's been interesting to watch them not travel because I think that's such a big part of the show. Like the the beauty of the helicopter rides and the this and the that, and it makes it super romantic. And I keep watching. Both Tasha and Matt seasons actually being like, wait, how are we already at hometowns? I feel like nothing's happened, mm-hmm. but it's because they're not traveling around and having these big flashy dates. Yeah. And I think some of the cattiness and nastiness and drama has come because they can't travel. Uh, when you're stuck, like I remember in paradise, like when you're stuck in the same place 
for like however long. I mean, they're there for like two months. I can't even imagine that. But I was stuck in paradise for like three weeks and it was horrible. It just felt like groundhog day, you know, over and over and over. And when you travel, it's huge. You, you, you're not on camera and you're not mic'd up. Like those are the only times you're really not. So like it's a time to decompress and to hang with the boys and yeah. like create relationships. So them not having those days, I think ways, you know, I think they're breaking way easier. Um, so I think it has a lot to do with it. And honestly, I feel really bad for the producers. Like part of the cool part of the job, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure is like involved in their paycheck is yeah. like, you can travel to these exotic places, you know, all over the world, multiple times a year. And now they're just like in La Quinta and Nimicola, you know, and so these producers <laughs> like don't get the full experience. Everyone's been gypped. I'm like yeah. dying to travel. I, yeah. But um, so I guess they'll, they're like revving up now for the bachelorette I, or yeah, the bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the media who knows but it's been there's been like a lot of drama do you try to stay out of that do you i like i don't know do you make statements on social media or do you kind of just try to yeah steer clear um yeah i try to make you know i mean i i try to make my stance on those you know the i guess drama if you will or whatever like known but it's it's really hard to to also like because it's hard a lot of that is like something that I can't relate to you know I like I can stay what I but like it's not for me and so the stuff and unfortunately like I like you said I think Matt's been a great bachelor and I think this season has some gem women but unfortunately I think it's gonna be overshadowed by all of this Chris Harrison stuff this Taylor Nolan stuff I think it's gonna be overshadowed by that and people are gonna remember the season for that Mm. and the Rachel stuff rather than like the women in this in that you know and that then that's hard to see and I feel bad for for the group of girls in in that as well I feel really bad for Matt because like oh you go you sign up for this thing you you're hopeful and it's like his entire season has been so controversial and considering he was a first time batch like first time television contestant period Mm -hmm. he did a great job and I just feel like he really just got a shitty end of the stick like a hundred percent. And I think he's handled it really well. Like I do. And I, everybody knew kind of okay, like first black batch, like it wasn't going to be easy, but God, I did not think it'd be this hard. You know, no. I did not think all of these things would happen. Uh, it's literally like the worst possible outcome for him. You know, mm-hmm. the lead and, or like, you know, Rachel and like your host, like it's, it's just, and the drama that comes with that. So um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been hard on him, but I'll be honest. He, like I said, he's handling it well. He seems to have a really good – he's a really smart guy. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. I saw him down in um, Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl, not for very long, like 15 minutes, but he seemed in good spirits. I was like, man, if I was you, I'd be <laughs> locked in a room, man. I was like, I don't know how you're here right now, you know. Um, but he seems to be in good spirits. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, it. he gets everything he wants out of all this. Totally. So back to you now. Um, are you – dating i know it's a pandemic it's like super hard to date are you dating are you working what are you focusing on these days yeah um i am dating i am i am single unfortunately a single sing, most single i've been in a while to be honest <laughs> it's kind of hard um, right now yeah it is it is um and yeah working i got a uh, well, so I was starting to DJ before um, I had a lot of things going for 2020. I had like a pool or a yeah, Vegas pool residency. I had Atlantic City residency. Oh. Like I was, I was going to be a huge year for me and then COVID hit uh, and obviously kind of cut that, shut that all down. So I'm still DJing and things are starting to open up again. Thank God I got, I'm down in Fort Lauderdale next week um, and then Nashville the next weekend. So starting to open up again, thank God. So it's, it's exciting to get back out there. Um, and then, yeah, I started a podcast during co- quarantine kind of switched gears a little bit uh it's called behind the rose podcast and 
it's kind of like a reality television show meets country music uh, and everything in between. And we do a lot of mental health discussions, uh, but we have like all kinds of, you know, bachelor people, big brother, love is blind, all those kinds of people on there. And then we also have every week we have a musician on there. And I, it's so interesting. I love talking about musicians because I love their story. Uh, and then I love talking about mental health of musicians because I think a lot of people don't mm-hmm. understand like life on the road and how much that can affect, you know, the way, I guess with your family, you know, how you affect your family and how it can affect the pressure and stresses that come with life on the road and all the pressures that musicians have. Um, so it's pretty cool to see the stories of like reality television stars and then mu- musicians and see how they can kind of like overlap. And I think you can take a lot from it on how to deal with stress, anxiety and all that kind of stuff. So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I made a lot of cool relationships and met a lot of like some of my favorite musicians and stuff. So it's pretty cool. That's really cool. You know, it's funny though, also having these conversations with people as, as you do too, I've just learned, I'm like, okay, so basically any person, myself included, that signs up for life in like the public eye just signs up for a life of anxiety. <laughs> Amen. Like, yes, right? that's exactly exponentially worse anxiety, exponentially. Like, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> like, I did not know. Oh, man. I if somebody would have slapped me in the face and been like, do you seriously want to do this? I always uh, joke about this, but when I, so I'm, I just turned 30. When I was like, 23 I applied for The Bachelor oh really and I got called back and it was um Juan Pablo season oh wow that's how long ago this was was, (laughs) this was so many years ago so I just graduated college and I didn't show I ghosted them I didn't show up because I was like I'm not gonna go date someone with a kid like I can't fake that like I'll be fake on TV so then the next season they called me back in for Chris Soul season and I ghosted them again. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why. Yeah, I just, why? I just wasn't I, – I can't be fake. And, like, I didn't mm. like those guys. Like, maybe if it was someone that I was interested in. But I didn't want to just go on TV and it would have been so obvious. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. – but either way, obviously, there's such a long process. But point being, I say now, I'm like, thank God because I was too young then – to even to be on TV because I would have made so many mistakes. I would have said the wrong thing. I would have, I'm a completely different person now than I was then just in terms of like being mature and like realizing my emotional like stability. I'm like, I would have been a wreck. So I don't know how these like young people do it because it's honestly tough. You don't know yourself yet. Yeah. I don't either. Like, especially like these women, they, they are super, I mean, Kit was 21. We've had like a bunch of 23 year olds. I think Hannah was the lead at like 24, 25. Like it's crazy to me because I was a completely different person than, than I am now. And yeah, the mistakes I would have made. And some of the mistakes I see some of these women making, I'm like, Oh, you know, like you wouldn't do that in five years. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, ah, you know, the cattiness, the bullying, even the like Caitlin thing with what happened with us in paradise. Like I think if she would have looked back, she was 23. She turned 24 on the beach. She was 23 when she said all those things and did all those things. And like, that's how a normal 23 year old would probably act. Now, do I think it's cool to like act that away on tele- national television? No, but a 27 year old Caitlin wouldn't have acted that way, you know? So it's like hard, exactly. you know, it's hard to be like, like, I still think you can hold people accountable, but also understand that like that environment is super hard. The age of these people, the manipulation and lying going on by producers, like the whole thing is just, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's such a mess. How old were you when you went on the show? You were like late 20s, right? I turned 29 on the show. uh, Okay, so you're older too. But that's my point. I'm like, me then, and who's to say it would have ever even worked out, but I, I just think about how young I was and I was like, I was so not prepared for any of that. 
And it's just crazy to me, yeah, to just see it all now. So everything happens the way it's supposed to. Um, I really appreciate you being so open and honest and just let my listeners know where they could find you, where they can listen to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I am Balake on Instagram, Balake.h <laughs> on Instagram. And uh, Behind the Rose Podcast streaming on all uh, all streaming services, all that Spotify, uh, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. So check it out. And yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, I am back with my coworker, Rudy Janda. Hey, Rudy. Hello. We're desk mates. We are. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, did you see my note that I left at your desk? Yeah, I thought that was really nice. No one leaves <laughs> notes around here. That was the first time no one that's leaves. happened. I was like, I, you were recording, so I was like, I, I don't know like, if he's going to remember, so let me just like leave him a little note. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. I was honestly stunned. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. Nice little touch. Mm-hmm. This this is what you get working with like a girly girl. Yeah, no, that it's the culture is changing in, is... Our, in our desk cluster, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I... I sit with like I, I kind of tell people I'm like the loud mouths like I'm with you know we have KFC we have um what's his name fights fights like I'm with the loud mouths and Frankie Frankie can get really loud you haven't probably seen it enough because he hasn't been in yeah but he's gotten weird a little bit he gets loud like when he gets going <laughs> he gets really loud yeah so, yeah so I'm with like the dudes you are I guess everyone's a dude though yeah. um what's it like having a, a girl in the office that's a new girl it's nice. I mean, in general, like anytime there's new people, it's always like Barcel's like cool because you get so many like weird combos. Of yeah. People like yeah. there's always this like weird combinations that are occurring that makes for cool <laughs> stuff. And now I get, you know, notes are nice. Change of pace. So also, true. like, you know, YP was a good friend of mine. He, he uh, but he wasn't exactly like the cleanest desk like partner. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. So it's nice to have like a clean person near me except there's still like residual like stuff under our desk Uh, because okay so guys we sit across from there's like a there's like a there's like a natural barrier there's like like a shoe (laughs) like a baseball baseball bat bat, football yeah we need to figure that out there was bubble wrap down there for almost like six months that i would like slowly pop with my feet and it was like one of my favorite things but yeah there's like a natural debris wall yeah yeah so i kind of just like moved in they cleaned out the section that i sit in but i'm still like surrounded by junk I the top say. layer is fine the top layer has been cleaned but, but to my left but to the below like if you go subterranean it's yeah. a calamity i need sure. to do another um another instagram story because i do this thing working with guys and the people really eat it up yeah 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 no it's a i mean it's a what's <laughs> it's a fuck show over there oh yeah like in terms of like the amount of like random stupid objects that are just thrown everywhere yeah like i so okay i've never vocalized this out loud but there's this kid in the office his name's jeff and he has like figurines at his desk oh jeff's jeff's desk is something to behold i actually used to fuck with jeff i actually have never told anybody i don't i don't speak of this either so no no no. i used to do this thing i haven't done it in so long i actually forgot i used to do it so jeff like you said has these like crazy figurines at yeah. his desk because he's like a ama- he's a he's a huge nerd like jeff's a monster nerd but he's a great guy and he has like a million, as you've seen, like figurines, like Thanos, oh, yeah. like all the Marvel characters, Avengers. Guys, I'm talking like a hundred at his desk. Yeah. And so when I was at the office late a while, like long time ago, I used to take his, his like all of his Thanoses <laughs> and I would like arrange like a massive like orgy where like Thanos <laughs> would be like eating out like Thor's ass and I would just leave it there and then like I would just leave it over the weekend and then I just honestly, I honestly maybe told Frankie I was doing it, but I never told anybody. He still <laughs> no, doesn't know that he, that I did that. 
Well, my like second week here, I was at my desk, my old desk before I sat by you. And I just like had this image in my head of like, I'm like, picture getting fired and then being like, you need to clean off your desk. It'll take him two years. And I just had this image of him with like a small box, like trying to put all these like figurines into a box. And I like was in a laughing fit at my desk, just like picturing this. And I was like, all right, like you need to stop. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting to say the least. Um, okay. It's, so it's like, it's like the room in 40 old virgin. Yes, that's actually a great comparison. Yeah. I need to put up a picture of it, but I like wasn't sure if I should like blast his private. No, desk. he's proud of it. Like he's very like Jeff, the thing <laughs> I know about Jeff is that he's very proud of his setup. Like he does it that way because he it makes him happy. He enjoys it. I love that. So like I don't think he'd be offended by that. All it's right. it's something that'll it's like it is shocking to see. <laughs> shocking. There's like yeah. gold fists. <laughs> they're arranged in such like a perfect like way they're in like an amphitheater like they're yeah. on like levels and he's the ma- that's the thing that's funny is that like he's the main character like he has all these characters <laughs> but he is the most important one because they're all like imagine working and having so many eyes. 70 eyes like staring at you of action <laughs> I need figures. to post a picture of and this they're all, like, You're the- and he's got his keyboard perfectly set up he's like god and then he's got like his little dog mimosa that comes yeah, in mimosa's tight yeah so Fair, like enough to say that I am in a different um, (laughs) element these days. Yeah, but I do the segment, Ask Alyssa, and I want you to help me answer some advice from a guy's perspective. I'll do what I can. Okay, so here's the first question: How do you stay focused on your own relationship when everyone else around you is taking the next step in life? I'm 26, and all my friends are getting married. It's so great to see them find their forever person. I've been dating this guy for over a year now, and we've become very close, probably the most years I've ever been with him. I'm not sure. That didn't make sense. And it's starting to put me in the mood for a ring, and seeing my friends all getting married as well is also putting her in the mood. Mm. Um, I know that we are probably not ready for marriage yet, but I find myself getting in the mood and getting sassy with my boyfriend for not getting me a ring yet. He got me a promise ring, which has kept me pretty happy. But how do you stay focused on your own relationship when everyone else around you is taking the next step in life? Do I go first? Yeah, go. Um, well, my opinion on this, I mean, like this sounds like a, like the sex in the city, like mentality. <laughs> I've, I've been watching sex in the city lately. I don't know. I think it's really dumb to like be thinking like oh all my friends are getting in relationships i need like that always to me like leads to issues i don't understand why people are like so eager to get in relationships and i'm probably like the worst guy to ask (laughs) about this because i really don't like being in relationships but i just don't like i think that that's just silly because like if you compare yourself to other people you're gonna like start reaching yeah and then when you start reaching and like forcing things then it's gonna get fucked up like you've been with this person for a year, that's great. But I don't like there's like humans live for a long time. So I don't like, especially if you're 26, I don't think you should be like too worried about it. Also, I agree and it's like why are you, why are you trying to say you really like this guy? Don't force it with him unless you're like positive this is mm-hmm. the one. It's been a year just because your friends are getting married. I think I said this in a different podcast, but I was like just because the person you're with at the age in your life where people are getting married doesn't mean that's supposed to be your person that you're supposed to marry because mm-hmm. you're like of age to get married. Right. Does that make sense? Right. It's like. Unless you want to be one of those people that have like 
they have like a trilogy of marriages and there's there's people that just do that like, you know what i mean they're like 45 and like yeah i've had three marriages and they talk about them like mm. they're like movies they went and saw they're like yeah no i went and did that <laughs> the tri- yeah just like a chapter of your yeah. life <laughs> yeah i think i think stop putting the pressure on yeah. um you have a promise ring it's been a year i mean you what does a- that promise ring mean i promise to be cool, engaged cool. soon like i promise that i'm i'm gonna I'm going to be a cool dude. Have you ever given someone a promise ring? Fuck no. (laughs) No, I've never given anyone a promise ring. I'm not trying to belittle the promise ring game. Respect. uh, The utmost respect to the promise ring king, this guy. I think I received one. What did you, how'd that make you feel? What was the promise? It wasn't spoken. Was it a sex before marriage promise ring? No, no, no. It was a, I had a boyfriend. We dated like three and a half, four years and I just wanted a ring for, like, Christmas. Like, I mm-hmm. was, like, I, not any symbolic of anything. I just right. wanted a ring because right. he bought me nice gifts. You want some jewelry? Yeah. I was, like, give me a freaking ring. Yeah. And so I kind of just, like, thought I was getting a ring. And then when we broke up, he said something like that ring was, like, I think to him, most men buying a ring, that's a big deal. So I think in his head, there was more weight to it. Like, he was, yeah. like, that was you know one ring to rule them all yeah like that was the start of the ring process do Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i love how there's like ring phases like i didn't even know until recently that there was a difference between an engagement ring and a wedding ring yeah yeah it's kind of weird because there's like tears to it you like you like evolve like a pokemon (laughs) because the the engagement ring's bigger than the wedding ring so it's like that also doesn't make any sense it's like you flex out of the gate and then it's like all right fun's over now you just get a gold band yeah it's kind of weird when you think about it honestly it's all just for show this is so okay moral of the story looping back to this girl i mean don't put so much pressure on it it's it's a year just because your friends are getting married i said this to my sister at that age she was like freaking out at the time like oh my friends are getting married i'm like jackie half of them are gonna break up with the people but before they even like they're gonna call off the engagement and it's true like years down the road now she's like 33 and some of her friends are still single it's like people go through so many phases of relationships you can't just always be on the same page as everyone yeah unfortunately if you become the person that is like being like wicked hardo on trying to get a certain particular outcome then you inevitably sort of push that away and i think that's how you become that like career single chick where you're like i need like a i need like a marriage and then it makes it way harder so i would just the pressure i would especially if you're 26 i would just chill no totally yeah okay next one and i think you're good for this because you have good style As I'm heading into my late 20s, I've been finding it harder and harder to develop my own personal style that's mature while also trying to keep up with the trends that seem to be constantly changing. I'm past the point that – I'm past the – sorry, guys. Sometimes these don't make sense. I'm past the point that my goal while going out is to look as hot as possible, and I want to start developing a look that I know I could stay true to. What are your tips on finding a style that works for you as much as you move from college bars to wine bars? Ooh. I think this is interesting because I think as women, we do go through that stage where we want to dress hot when you go to a bar because mm-hmm. you want to get picked up on. Mm-hmm. But then you also kind of enter that point of your life where you're like, I'm dressing for me. Mm-hmm. So as someone that wears chokers, what do you think? <laughs> that was not <laughs> intentional. That's bullshit. That was not intended to be a choker. That's fucked up. I bought it. I bought a necklace off the Internet. The website may or may not have been TikTok. And it may or may not have ended up being a women's choker. I thought it was going to be a little looser. He couldn't, like, fit it around It may his have been neck. pearls, too. Whatever. 
It's being returned. Uh, wait, this is a girl, right? This is a girl, about? yeah. Um, thank you, first of all, for saying I have nice style. That's really sweet. That's nice of you. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm a sucker. If you're trying to get a guy's attention, I'm like a huge sucker for – I'm like a fish. Like, bright colors are always hmm. like kind of what get me going. But I think that like, – On a girl or on yourself? On a girl. Okay. Like, I'm always just like, oh, my God, like, neon hmm. is great. But, like – wow. Yeah, no, but it's that's like Neanderthal, like peasant brain thinking. Cause yeah, it's like it's like it's like bright color go. But I think that like, I think that like in general, the best fashion advice that like I've heard from other people is that like you shouldn't be so focused on trends. Which I know a ton of people say, and it's like, what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like if I wasn't focused on trends, then what would I do? But I think that people should be like much more focused on like shapes. Like the shape of a cloak, like mm. items is what makes them look good. It's not necessarily the item. Like I bought things that I thought were really, really cool and they were cool on other people. Yeah. But then once I wore them myself, it didn't like fit my shape of my body. I see what you're saying. Like so much of it goes into like how the cloth literally fits on mm-hmm. your physical body. So like your shape I think is like much more important than even like what it is because no, I bought I so many like cool items that I'm like oh this is so cool like I'm gonna look so sick and then it just like it looks like I picked it up off someone else so like I would say like sh- like know your like shape yeah know that's actually shape. really good advice yeah, know your shape and yeah and I agree and it's not always about what's like in trends it's like picking up the things that you know are classics like yeah. a classic like black blazer a pair of jeans that fit really well and then you kind of like build around that with things that are trendy yeah that's like I would agree with that because like the once you get older you do realize that like you evolve into the next tier which is like having like pieces yes that like you yes. know that you know we're gonna last a long time whereas like when you're younger you get like a lot of like dumb bullshit like chokers off tiktok <laughs> <laughs> that are like super stupid purchases that are very very like in the moment but like once you get like a little older and like a little bit more confident you're like oh i should get this because i know it'll last like 15 100%. years and it'll still look cool in 15 years totally yeah and you do thrifting right I do it. Yeah, I really like thrifting, but I have a friend who's really into it. So he kind of is like my person. Mm, so like I don't do help. it myself. Yeah, because I've been more so into thrifting. I personally like I like basic clothes and then buy like sick accessories. So if you want to play around with your style, like you can go buy like a cool like vintage Fendi bag for like 300 bucks mm-hmm. or like um just buy like sick different things that elevate a pair of jeans, a black shirt, a turtleneck. Yeah. To kind of like dress it up, make it cool. Yeah, yeah, no. Thrifting is is super cool. You're like a I'm kind of jealous cuz like girls can get cool thrift like bags. Like there's yeah. no like bag version of guy stuff. You need like a fanny pack. Would you yeah. ever wear the fanny pack? No, I would wear the like I've had those bags that go over your shoulder. Yeah, that's how they wear them. And that's them. another one that like it looks really cool on other people, but when it was on me, it just looked really weird. Because it's kind of like we were talking about this a little bit before. It's like what I wear to what I wear like when I'm out shopping with my friends like isn't necessarily what I'm going to wear in an office. Because what I think makes an outfit look really cool is like layers, like a coat, yeah. a this, a that, a hat. Yeah. But I'm not going to like sit at my desk in ten different layers. Yeah, you know no. what I mean? It's weird. This, there's a there's a pretty hard and fast like sweatpants policy around here. Everyone wears sweatpants. Yeah. Everyone. Um, okay, cool. Next question and final question, and then we'll spill the tea. Let's go. This one I'm really interested in, and I actually kind of have a friend who's going through this, and I've been through this. So 
what is the point of slow fading a girl from a guy's point of view? So when you're like talking mm. to someone and then you just like fade them out. Oh, man. <laughs> slow fading someone. Uh, man, I think that a lot of it has to do. It's kind of fucked up to do for sure. Yeah, but we all do it. it everyone too. does it. Like everyone does it. And I think even like the most well-intentioned people do it. And I've for sure done it to people. I think it's just because either you're too big of a pussy just to like say how you feel or the relationship isn't serious enough where it constitutes like just completely like spiking someone. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier for both parties to just slow. F- was it slow fade? Slow. I've never That's heard what she that. Called it. I've heard that. Never heard that before. That's interesting. But yeah, you sort of just like, I think it's just like, you just, it's too uncomfortable to be like, yo, I'm like not feeling this anymore. Yeah. And it's just much easier to like, just ignore them periodically and it sucks because the other person gets confused but eventually if they have like any kind of emotional intelligence will get the hint and that's sort of the hope and the i guess like the intention being is that it's not worth like shattering someone's confidence Mm. because i guess like if you're someone who is doing this you're worried about a either like having a difficult conversation or B, you're worried about like just being so mean to someone that they yeah. like have their confidence ruined. And that's sort of dumb because you're assuming how someone else is going to feel. You have no idea. And you're also sort of doing a disservice to them by wasting their time. Having said that, I'll probably continue to slow fade people. I was just going to say, I've <laughs> never <laughs> – because as you're saying this, I'm like, I've never had a guy tell me he's not interested in me, like verbally. Yeah. Like we only date or we slow fade. Right. Like, I've never, ever received a text being like, hey, I had a really long, like nice time last night, but you're just not for me. I've never had that once in my life. The only time I've ever actually, like, come out and said it is if I've, because I've been, like, pushed by the other person. Like, yeah, I've like, had where's this coming? Where's this coming? I had a girl one time being like, yo, if you're, like, just not into this, just tell me. And I was, I, I, I don't know what came over me because it was, because <laughs> <laughs> the slow fade was the game plan at that time. And I must have just been like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I, like, she's asking. She's asking. And I was like, yeah, I'm not into it. And she was like, thanks. And then it was just over, and I was like, wow, maybe I should have been uh, less of a pussy my whole life. And just said this, yeah. Having said that, it's not easy Wait, but I have a question for you, because this is why I think guys do the slow fade to me, because they come back around. When you don't completely close the door, then the doors open. Like, the same people that I've, like, dated, I'm not even kidding, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, they still, to this day, every few months, hey, what's up, what's going on? Yeah. They come back. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, adopt that strategy for sure. Because, like, I think that, like, with, it depends on the relationship. Like, I think there's certain people where, like, and th- I guess this has to do with, like, how I view relationships. Like, I've only been in a few serious relationships. But it just is so much easier when you view things in, like, a capacity where it's like, yeah, we dated for a bit. It was fun. And then you kind of, like, drift apart. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you come back and it's like, why does it have to be this, like, trauma and drama like yeah. event where it's always like I'm, we're all the way in or all the way out. I don't like do as well with that like hardcore commitment. And I think probably it's because I watched like so much entourage in my formative years and like the Vinny Chase method where it's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just like drift around and like I'll date this person. And yeah. then and you're not really doing anything wrong, but none of it is. It's always just sort of like you're friends with all these people. I and get that's, that. And that's how it continuously kind of just like goes around. And I feel the whatever. same way because the people that like have we like mutually have slow faded. I love this new term. We I feel like there are friends at this point. I'm like, oh, right. my dude, like so and so. Like you just kind of feel like you're connected to them, but you're not 
like romantically connected anymore necessarily. So yeah. it is a weird dynamic where it's yeah. like the door's open, but it's like not, but you could also hang out and be fine. And the funny thing is I think that like at a certain point you can do that for a little bit, like maybe like one or two times. Yeah. And then I've had it where like you reconnect after a while of not being together and then you're like this is dumb yeah like this ended for a reason yeah, there's nothing it's like, this here is, this is stupid and it's I like totally this is so that. stupid and then that kind of just and then you just slow fade again <laughs> but sometimes a slow fade turns into an eternal fade and it just it's yeah. gone forever yeah i'm big on it's like throwing a boomerang i'm big on like um i'm kind of savage in the sense like so i had this guy okay oh my god i've never said this so i've had this guy <laughs> I call him Tripod. Does he have a huge dick? <laughs> For obvious reasons. He's got, he's, a, he's got a long dick. And he's really short. Oh, really? So Tripod. Not like really short, but like short in my standards. I'm usually dating really tall guys. So he, the last time I ever probably even went on a date or hooked up with this guy was probably like five years ago. I'm not even kidding. Holy shit. He just keeps coming back around. Like, you know, just every few he's months. Like, he's like Haley's comment. He's just like, hey, like how's it texting me last week actually. Hey, like um, how's it going at Parcel? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And the thing is with with a slow fade like this is I have I'm so savage towards him because I'm like, I don't see you. Like, I, so he'll say something to me. He'll be like, hey, like, we should want to come over and watch a movie. And I'll be like, no, you could take me out on a date and, like, set a date in time. Like, I'm so, like, hardcore back because I'm like, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Because it's kind of just, like, funny at this point. Right. So sometimes when people are like that to me, then I'm just so upfront. Uh-huh. Because I'm like, well, if you have the balls to like keep asking me to come over when I haven't seen you in three years, then I'm gonna have the balls <laughs> yeah. to be like, yeah, how does he no re- wine how, and dine me? How does he respond to that? How does, tri- how like, does yeah, tripod take? He'll that? be like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, we uh, okay, we'll go on a date, but then I'll never set a time. Yeah. So then I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, he's just trying to fuck. Yeah. So then I don't. So then I'll be like, all right, yeah, sure. And then he'll ask me again, and then I'll be like, yeah, you know, like I don't. Uh, not really into that. I'm not just going to come over. You like send him a, a pamphlet for the botanical gardens. Like, oh, that's crazy. This just opened. Yeah. I'll, no. Now his new thing is he's like, let's go to Carbone. I'm like, because now he knows he needs to like wine and dine. Me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> but like, I feel like when people are in that slow fade and you kind of get more ballsy over time because you're like, I could just like fuck with you because we're not even. I don't. I, I'm not emotionally invested. Right. Whereas if you're seeing someone, you're trying to be on your best behavior. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So are you going to – you think he's going to step up ever? No, nothing's ever going to come of this. <laughs> Do you know, like, if we were supposed to date, we would have dated, right. I feel. But what happens if he's, like, Carbone Friday 7? He's never set a time mm. or day. Mm. He'll always ask me on a date, but he never actually – You should hit him with a pull-up then. Yeah, I'm Won't like – Well, actually, but, but I don't like care. That. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of like – Sorry, yeah. he's probably listening. But I'll just be like – you know, I I think it's attractive when a guy's assertive. Yeah, I mean, like, who doesn't want to be? You obviously don't want to be with someone who like isn't has, doesn't have follow through. Yeah, it's like like, like, like if, even if you're even if it's like a short term thing, like if people you can sense when someone's not into you, and so like that's sort of like the ultimate it's just test. Like, uh, yeah, it's like but, either you're taking me to Carbone or you're not. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like be what a is it, tripod? No, because it's yeah, exactly. It's too, it's attractive when a guy's <laughs> like Wednesday night, let's go here, versus like I don't know. Oh man, I mean, there's so many times where like, and I think guys know it too. Like I know it too. Like sometimes it's like 
okay, like I should probably do something like thoughtful. And then you're like, uh, I was like, Hey, like, what are you doing this weekend? You want to, you want to like come over and like, what? Like, yeah. Water and I have food. Hulu and, uh, we could do that and like watch TikToks. And you're just like in the back of your head, you're like, that's just not a good but enough effort. If it was a girl that you wanted to put in the effort for, would you make more of an effort? Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is that people just became so lazy because of the pandemic. Yeah, and we couldn't go out, really. We couldn't, we couldn't, you also couldn't really do anything. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, no. Guys in general need to put in more effort, I would say, myself included. But I think also as the girl, you have to lay down the groundwork. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool when girls are like, yeah, you need to put in more work. And then it's like, okay, we got ourselves a war here. Because also, I think, at least for me, I always lead with, I'm like, I want a guy to think that I'm respectable and not some, like, pushover. Right. So I am like, you know, meet my standards. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's a bad way to be? No, not at all. Because if, like, if you, if the if the guy, if it was a girl I was really into and she said that, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to. Step it up. Step it up. Yeah. Vice versa, though, I think that it's great when girls are, like, this is just my opinion. I love it when girls are assertive and they're like, hey, let's do this this weekend. Yeah. Like, we're doing this. No, true. I love that. And I'm not scared to, like, be assertive back because I'm just, like, a kind of decisive person. Mm -hmm. It's more just, like, when a guy, like, what Tripod's doing where you just, like, you keep saying something but you're never following through. It's, like, that's just, like, lame. Totally. It's, like, It's a very unsexy quality. No, and that's why I just fuck with him back. Because yeah. I was like, you're always messing yeah. with me. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll just be like so savage. I'll just be like rude. You deserve because a I'm tripod. Like, yeah, I'm like, you're not taking me serious. Yeah. So I'm not going to take you serious. All right, guys, this will be a long podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to spill the tea now. Cool. Um, Blue Ivy, you mentioned to me, um, and I did a little Googling. And she did, in fact, win a Grammy. She did. Youngest, one of the youngest people ever to win a Grammy. How is she not the youngest? It says one because there was like another kid that was like seven that like sang a track on a song a million years ago. Um, So Beyonce like won a Grammy for Brown Skin Girl. It's a a music video for a song that was part of the Lion King album. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Google's telling me this. And um, she sings like a little like line on the end of the track and she won a grammy like she gets the the award the concrete award thoughts my initial thought was that like i kind of just felt (laughs) this is this is so mean but like i felt (laughs) bad for her because i was like what do you like what does blue ivy do from here like you're seven fucking years old and you have a grammy (laughs) because your mom is like one of the best artists of all time and so she just like you you, she brings you to the studio and you sing and she's probably a very talented singer herself i had to guess and she just has a grammy and so now (laughs) it's like what like so many people are so motivated by like attaining a certain goal and then Mm. you just you don't even know like what's going on when you're seven like you have no fucking idea what's going on and like imagine being seven years old and having a fucking grammy and like the weight of what a grammy is like what do you even the thing that sucks too is that off rip people are just gonna hate her 
out of jealousy. You think? Yeah, because then people are going to be like, yeah, I have a Grammy. I want a Grammy at seven. And there's going to be like <laughs> some person who like learned it like from Poland who learned to play piano by themselves and like had to like emigrate to the United States and then like work their ass off and then like tr- finally got a Grammy when they were like 47. And it's like, yeah, Blue Ivy's like, yeah, I did that when I was seven. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, and I hardly even sang. And I didn't even, I don't even remember it. I never even watched the movie. I think it was in The Lion King. It's like such a preposterous, like, hilariously high goal to achieve at it's such a young age it's just one of those things where it's like you literally got a grammy for being someone's kid like a famous person's kid you know it's like it's what a hand they're they're like the bait like jay-z and beyonce are like the the jeff bezos of like entertainment yeah like they're running up the score so high it's like almost like comical like how how many so how much true. money they make how many grammys they get their kids are getting Grammys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's crazy. It's so insane. I gotta I, watch it because I didn't, I didn't see it. I gotta see it. I mean, good for her. But yeah, no. I mean, like if I saw her, I'd dap her up. I'd be like, "Nice job." Blue, yeah, like you get. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. Nice job in that song. Um. Okay. So J Lo and A Rod broke well okay so everyone announced that they broke up and then literally the next day they were like oh wait no we're not broken up we're back together we're we're working on things i feel like it's embarrassing you know like just this news being out there because first a rod was like accused for cheating and now they stayed together they had this like united front then the rumors came out that they broke up then the next day they're like no just just kidding we're not broken up yeah so uh, I don't know. It's a bad look, I think. Not a good look. I wouldn't say it's a good look, for sure. I don't know. I don't know anything about, like, like J-Lo really that much. Like, I know her music, and yeah. then A-Rod obviously is, like, a former athlete. I don't get, like, how these things, like, transpire. Like, I would be so much more private about things mm. if I were in their position but i don't know like this is my theory i just don't know what that means when it's like yeah we broke up and then what does he do does he come back and he like proposes like whenever like there's an engagement and the engagement gets fucked up i'm like how do you even like continue i have a theory i was telling my parents this like lol that i was telling my parents this but i think that a lot of like celebrities and athletes have arrangements where it's like we we get with other people on the side, but like it's private and we don't tell yeah. people. And the second it's public, then it's like now I'm embarrassed because I, that's heard, actually a really strong theory. Actually, yeah. Cause think about it. I've heard for years that a rod like cheats steps out allegedly mm-hmm. to, to save my ass. I've just heard that for years and whether it's a rumor or not, who the hell knows, but it wasn't like a new thing, but I think the difference is it was like on such a public scale. So I'm always curious if celebrities kind of have like an arrangement where it's like, all right, do what you want, but in public we're together. Yeah. Like public facing. Oh, I totally, I totally believe that. I know athletes do that. A oh, lot. I totally, totally believe that. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, if it's a whatever works for upon. whatever works for people is totally fine. But yeah, no, I think that's actually a pretty strong theory. And then he came back and he's like, "My bad, that wasn't public." And then sort of mended it, and she's like, "That's one strike." Because it was so like it was so in the press that she was yeah. like, "Your one Make job it, was to keep it a secret." She should. <laughs> what she should do, if we're talking on some real toxic shit, she should 
go back and have a little fling with Ben Affleck, a little throwback. Whoa. A little throwback. He's back to being single now. She starts imagine like a paparazzi shot of her yes. with Ben smoking cigarettes, drinking Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> looking like shit. J Lo's in getting it. the Dunkin' outside his door in the morning. Yeah, I mean that's fire. That's a that's yeah. a, and then A Rod's going crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. it's good. It's good. I don't know. Are they ever like I thought they were already married. Well, the embarrassing thing for A Rod was that he, the person he was like rumored to be cheating with is like a reality star from Bravo who's like involved in all this like cheating scandal. So it's like a reality star versus like JLo. Yeah. It's kind of like not two equals. If that is in fact what happened, I can only imagine the wrath of JLo. Like, oh, and he was following the girl on Instagram. Like there was like evidence was and then the, he unfollowed her was it the same one as jay cutler that that, yes. that was rumored of okay yeah damn this girl too. is trouble yeah well she, maybe it's her and then she denied that anything happened with a rod but like obviously she's probably trying to protect right. him yeah yeah i don't know she Something. doesn't want to get in the mud anymore yeah is, it was it was messy okay another messy relationship and then we'll end it here chloe and tristan are back together she confirmed it on instagram she's been wearing like a 12 carat like rock diamonds on her finger not like publicly saying Promi- she's promise ring <laughs> yeah promise <laughs> ring not saying they're engaged but like obviously they're engaged like she keeps putting up pictures like with the ring um and so she took just to refresh you in case you don't remember he cheated on her when she was nine months pregnant so like the day before she gave birth sucking face in the club yes yeah, sucking face in the club then they get back together. Then he hooks up with Jordan Woods. Oh, yeah. And then they break up again. So, like, I don't know. Part of me is like, Chloe, do you. If you want to take him back, that's your prerogative. The other part of me is like, oh, like, that's bad. Well, I mean, Tristan's, I mean, from everything I've learned, he sets, he sets the standard when it <laughs> yeah. comes to, like, fuckboy behavior. Like, in terms of, like cheating on your girlfriend yeah. and then getting back together with her and never really actually facing any repercussions, there's no one better than Tristan. I agree. Let me ask you this. Do you think – do you believe once a cheater, always a cheater? Um, the evidence would suggest yes. Hmm. I've seen much more people that like – there's a, there's a far, far fewer reformed cheaters than there are just like perpetual cheaters. I think it depends on the cheating. And that's and where when promise it, rings come into play. Yeah, that's why you just get different layers to the rings. The promise ring, the engagement ring, the wedding ring. I promise not to make out with any more chicks in the club, <laughs> and I'll get caught on a black and white camera. That video is so fucking funny. So wild. Yeah. I just think it depends when you cheat. Like, if you cheat in high school or college, it's like whatever. That if doesn't you're matter. In, if you're in a grown-ass relationship. Well, does, right? Yeah, but you know what I'm yeah. I, like. Like that's what I'm kid. saying. I, yeah, yeah I, if someone's nine months pregnant. Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's definitely some, like, fucked up behavior. I mean, the funniest thing is that, like, poor Chloe is from, you know, like, what I've learned has always sort of been, like, the black sheep. And she always gets, like, all the unnecessary hate for better yeah. or worse. She gets made fun of the most, yada, yada, yada. And then the guy that she chooses to be with relentlessly cheats on her. And then she continuously brings him back. I mean, it is, like, a perfect story arc for her life. But, like, poor Chloe. But, like, at the same time, I feel like she is very aware of the fact that she's taking back this guy yeah. that's put her through the mud. And she's like, yeah. all right, well, I'm, like, 
I kind of like that against all odds. Like, she knows the public is going to criticize her so much. Yeah. And she's kind of like, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, once you go through it, like, what is it, like, three times now? Like, you sort of enter, like, a new, uh, like, rarefied air of, like, dealing with the cheater. It's like, yeah, he fucking cheats on me, but, like, he's the father of my child, and we're going to work our hardest. And then everyone's sort of like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, respect for working through it. Right. Yeah. You know, he's he's... <laughs> It's like, she's kind of just like, yeah, this is the horse I rode in on. But do you know what make, made me really, like, <laughs> it was jarring this week when I realized that he just turned 30. Like, this is a young dude. Like, he has two kids with, that are, like, eight months apart yeah. with different baby mamas. Yeah. He's 30. Like, that's a, he's a young guy. When he was doing all this cheating, he was probably, like, 28, 27 in the NBA. Yeah. Not to excuse it, but this guy was, like... Yeah. Living large, making millions of dollars, thinking he's the man. Right. I want to see like a like the next iteration of the Kardashians being a show where it's like punked, but it's just them trying to entrap Tristan Thompson in cheating. <laughs> like he has yeah, to like yeah. Yeah, yeah. he has to like go to a Starbucks and then like an Instagram model like walks yeah. by. Yeah, it's like and, what would you do? Yeah, exactly. Show? And 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 uh, Chloe's like in the van, like wearing headphones. She's like, hey, I know he's gonna, I know he's gonna and put then, him in different scenarios. And then as soon as he like stands up and like walks over to her, she like kicks in the door <laughs> yeah, and is like, no, oh, you got me again. And then they do it next week too. That would be so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Okay, well. Thank you, Rudy, for spilling the tea with me and answering, some, dishing out some advice. I hope it helped. I feel like we need to bring you back for just like a Ask a Guy segment where you just like give us your two cents because it's very amusing. No, oh, thank you.